0: This is Binu Penial, you are listening to Cavenomic, a listener-supported podcast bringing to you weekly positive, innovative, motivational leadership conversation. This is Today I have a friend here, um, her name is uh, Reverend uh, Debbie Rope. Um, she would love to bring uh, God's word to you from Acts chapter 17 verses 22 to 31. The unknown God known to you through his grace. The unknown God
1: known to you through his grace. From the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 22 through 31. Paul stood up in the middle of the council on Mars Hill and said, People of Athens, I see that you are very religious in every way. As I was walking through town and carefully observing your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. What you worship is unknown. I now proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in temples made with human hands, nor is God served by human hands as though he needed something since he is the one who gives life, breath, and everything else. From one person, God created every human nation to live on the whole earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. God made the nations so they would seek him, perhaps even reach out to him and find him. In fact, God isn't far away from any of us. In God, we live, move, and exist. And some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, as God's offspring, we have no need to imagine that the divine being is like a gold, silver, or stone image made by human skill and thought. God overlooks ignorance of these things in times past, but now directs everyone, everywhere, to change their hearts and lives. This is because God has set a day when he intends to judge the world justly by a man he has appointed. God has given proof of this. To everyone by raising him from the dead
2: please pray with me gracious and holy god we thank you for your presence in this place and in each of us today open our eyes open our ears open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us today may we truly come to know you in a deeper way, through our worship today. And as for me, Lord, let the words that I speak be your words and be for your glory. I pray this all in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As Travis told us today, we're celebrating Epiphany, and that is the celebration of the wise men coming to see the baby Jesus. And from the very beginning, Jesus is confounding the Jews because the Jews felt like the Messiah, the coming Messiah, would be just for them, not for other people. They were the chosen people, so this Messiah would be just for them. Well, the wise men were Gentiles, and they're some of the first people that get to see Jesus and they see this star. And Wikipedia defines an epiphany. We look at the definition, the general definition, as an experience of sudden and striking realization. And I imagine that's what the wise men thought when they saw this star. It would have had to have been something very significant in their lives to get them to drop everything and set out on this journey. Some people say that this journey took three or four years for them to make as they searched and followed this star. Quite an event, quite a journey. And I imagine when they set out, they had more questions than answers. As we begin this new year, I look back in order to look forward. And I have some questions. Maybe you can relate to some of these I still haven't found out who let the dogs out, where's the beef, or how to get to Sesame Street. I have no idea why Dora doesn't just use Google Maps to get where she wants to go. And really, why do all the flavors of Fruit Loops taste exactly the same? Or, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Why are eggs packaged in flimsy paper cartons but batteries are secured in plastic that's tough as nails? Ever buy scissors? You actually need scissors to open the packaging of scissors. And I still don't understand why there is braille on a drive up ATM. And why is abbreviated such a long word? And why is there a d in fridge but not in refrigerator? Here's one. You could ponder this for a while. Why is lemon juice made with artificial flavoring but dishwashing liquid with dishwashing liquid is made with real lemons? Why do they sterilize the needle for lethal injection? And why do you have to put your two cents in, but it's only a penny for your thoughts? Where's the other penny? Why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? And here's one we could ponder for a while. Why on a bag of peanuts does it say, may contain nuts? We could ponder these things for a long time, and sometimes we do in a silly way. But there's another question that we ponder that we can't really fully grasp the answer to. And that question is, who is God? Wanting to know God is what prompted the wise men to follow that star. Each of us is searching for God and what God means to our lives. It's an integral part of being human. In fact, in our culture where church attendance is on the decline, there's a huge emphasis on spiritual things. Seeking God in whatever form that takes has become a national obsession. Many people pick and choose from the religious teachings or the spiritual writings to form their own image of God. And we may look on this in disgrace and disgust, but in reality, we all do the same thing. A few years ago, I went to the University of Dayton for a display that they put out every year at Christmas time. And they have hundreds and hundreds of nativities in a lot of different uh, mediums and from a lot of different countries. And you don't have to look at those for very long to realize we all create God in our own image because whatever nationality they were, that was evident in their presentation of the nativity our experiences with god define god for us the teachings from our parents and families the teachings we have heard over the years in church through sermons or classes and our own encounters with god in scripture in prayer and in life circumstances all form Our image of God. These teachings may be accurate, or they may be false. Yet they inform who we are and how we behave. You see, how we think, how we believe, determines how we live. And what we think about God has a huge impact on how we live. It has been said that our image of God is the most important thing about us. And how we live defines our God for the people that we encounter. Romans 12.2 tells us, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's easy to get an image of God that is based on our culture. We have definitely Americanized Christianity in our country. I'm a perfect example of that. Growing up, we had a church, and I always knew that was our church but we rarely attended, and I don't ever remember going as a family. We considered ourselves Christians, even though it had little influence on how we lived our lives. If anything, I saw God as a far-off, distant God that rewarded us when we were good and punished us when we were bad. That's actually a very popular view of God in our culture. And maybe some of you have that view. But this isn't the God that Jesus reveals. You see, Jesus came to reveal God for us. As fully divine, Jesus is an example to us of God. And as fully human Jesus shows us how to relate to God. The image that Jesus portrays of God is a God who loves us no matter what we do. There isn't anything we can do to let God love us more. And there isn't anything we can do to make God love us less. Tom read us a scripture from Acts where Paul is telling the people of Athens about Jesus. You see, the people of Athens were very interested in spiritual and religious things. They had many statues dedicated to all kinds of different gods. They valued knowledge and information. In some ways, they were a lot like our culture today. So Paul met them where they were. He described a statue dedicated to an unknown God. Legend has it that hundreds of years previously, when this altar was built, the city of Athens was going through a plague. And they had all of their prophets pray to their gods to no effect. And then there was a prophet of our God passing through and they asked him to pray for them. And as he did and passed on through, they were healed and the city was healed. And so they erected this altar to this God that they did not know who he was. And so Paul comes hundreds of years later and says, I know this God and he explains it to them. He describes Jesus as making the world and everything in it, as Lord of heaven and earth, as not living in temples made with human hands, the one who gives life, breath, and everything else, the one who populated the earth and made the nations so they would seek him, as a God that isn't far away from any of us a close and present God, as a God in whom we live, move, and exist. And Paul describes us as God's offspring. As I think of the narrative or the idea that there isn't anything we can do to make God love us more or anything we can do to make God love us less, I think of parenting, because isn't that how we view our children? There isn't anything they could do that would make us love them less. We may not like all their choices, but we still love them. And that's the kind of God that we have. The God that Jesus called Abba, Father, which we most closely translate as Daddy. think about your image of God. How do you think about God? Who do you say that he is? In Mark 8, 29, Jesus asked the disciples, And what about you? Who do you say that I am? I found a video that is someone's attempt at defining or describing God. As you watch this video, listen and think about a word or phrase that they talk about that most accurately describes God for you at this point in your journey.
3: Before I created the heavens and the earth, I was. When the earth and everything in it passes away, I will be. I hold the universe together from the smallest atom to the greatest galaxy. It all is in my hands. The sun is hidden in my shadow. I have set the earth on its foundations and I rest my feet upon it. I stir the waters of the oceans with my fingers and shake the mountains with my breath. I am entirely holy and completely other. There are none before me and none like me who can question what I have done or what I will do. My kingdom is eternal and shall exist forevermore. I am the ruler over the kings of the earth. I am the prince of peace. I am the king of kings, the righteous king, the king of the Jews, the king of glory, the king of the ages, the king of heaven, and I am the Lord of lords. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am Jehovah Jireh. I will provide. I am Jehovah Rapha. I will heal. I am Jehovah Mekadesh. I will sanctify. I I am Jehovah-Rohi, I am your shepherd. I am the Most High God, your Deliverer, your Redeemer and Savior. I am your shield and your strength and your defender, the eternal and everlasting God. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Beside me there is no God. Angels and heavenly beings, worship me from my throne, and I will not give my glory unto another. I will not share my creation. I am a jealous God and a consuming fire. I am the commander of the heavens' armies, and before me kingdoms crumble and rulers kneel. I am your harbor in the tempest. I am safety for the tempted and tried. I have come to set the captives free, to strengthen the weak, to heal the lame, to cause the blind to See I have come to give you life and breath to breathe. I have come that you might know me. I have come that you might know my limitless love and endless goodness, my measureless mercy and never-ending grace. My forgiveness knows no boundaries, and my acceptance sees no imperfections, nor color, nor race, nor wealth, nor poverty. In me you are made clean, and through me you are sanctified. I am indescribable, incomprehensible, irresistible, and and invincible the heavens cannot contain my glory, death cannot consume me, life cannot last me, all these will bow before me, and at my name every tongue will confess, every tongue will confess that I am the great I am, every tongue will confess that I am the God of God.
1: shockwaves hit the scientific community
3: <laughs> many scientists including
2: mice. okay now if you would take a moment and share with someone next to you the word or phrase that most describes god for you at this point in your journey and why take a minute now and do that Thank you for sharing. One of the things that I realized as I watched this video several times and listened to it um, as I was preparing, that I do not fully comprehend the God that that describes. And what's amazing about that is their definition is incomplete to describe God. You see, we cannot fully understand or comprehend God. If we could, we would be God. And if you think you have God figured out, your God is too small. The Jews in Jesus' time thought they knew who the Messiah would be and what he would be like. They surely didn't expect a a Messiah's arrival to be announced to the Gentiles, to the, the wise men. John the Baptist had known Jesus was the expected Messiah from a very young age he had proclaimed Jesus to his followers as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world but John had some things happen that he did not expect he is in prison for proclaiming the coming Messiah and calling people to repentance things are not going as he expected so John begins the doubt I can certainly relate to that How about you. We all have a line. We do not expect God to cross, and sometimes he does. John sends two of his disciples to ask Jesus if he is the one they expected. He sends them to ask, Are you the Messiah that I have been proclaiming you to be? I wonder if John is expecting Jesus to miraculously rescue him from prison. After all, they were cousins, they grew up together, and John had dedicated his life to serving Christ and proclaiming the way for Jesus to come. But Jesus didn't answer as any of them expected. He did not promise to save John for all that he had done for Jesus. Matthew 11 records this response from Jesus. Go report to John what you hear and see. Those who were blind are able to see. Those who were crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleansed. Those who were deaf now hear. Those who were dead are raised up, and the poor have good news proclaimed to them. Happy are those who don't stumble and fall because of me. Jesus is saying, happy are those who don't stumble and fall because of me. You see, we all have expectations based on our image of God. So what happens when that image is challenged? A couple years ago, we did a study in the church, church church-wide study called Experiencing God. And in that, uh, Blackaby would call this a crisis of belief. John was having a crisis of belief, which led him to doubt. You see, sometimes we get so focused on our expectations We expect God to act in a certain way in the answer to our prayers, in response to our service, or the practice of spiritual disciplines, or just because it's how we view God. But we often miss what God is doing in another way because of it. We are so focused here that we miss what God's doing over here. It can completely mess with our image of God. Remember when I said that our image may be inaccurate or it may be just incomplete? We need to recognize that our limitations in understanding do not limit God. In the life of Jesus, we explicitly see this incomprehensible God who is not bound by our limitations or our preconceived ideas. A God who is greater than anything we can think, imagine, or fully comprehend. God is always beyond our ability to fully understand. God is greater in every way than anything we can imagine or comprehend. And God God loves us always and in greater depth than we can describe. But far too often we are content with our limited image of God. We don't want to expand our image because it involves risk. And entering into a relationship that is beyond our control it requires trust that it's often beyond our ability. As Pastor Mark reminded us last week, we do have a helper, the Holy Spirit, that helps us do things beyond our ability. The Spirit even helps us to see God more clearly. Jesus is inviting all of us into a new way of seeing the world a new way of living, a new kingdom. If your image of God is the popular image of the God who rewards good and punishes evil, or you just want to know more about God and know Him better, I encourage you to do the Journey Guide this week. It's provided in your bulletin. We have daily readings of scripture and questions that will help you understand God more fully. Each week, the Journey Guide will take you deeper into the message from that week. There's also a spiritual practice in there, and this week it is five minutes of silence every day. Just stopping for five minutes and sitting and listening to what God might have to say to you in that time. Jesus is asking, and what about you? Who do you say that I am? Let's pray. Creator God, author of all that is and lover at all that you have made, deepen our awareness of your mighty acts past and present and your constant presence with us every moment of our existence. Invade our minds, senses, and hearts like a quiet sunrise, a refreshing rain, or a beautiful bouquet, a commanding voice, a trusted companion, and a loving touch. Because we want to know you and remember who you are with every breath we take. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling this time of year, struggling with health issues. We ask for your healing touch. We pray for those that are hungry and homeless during this cold season, that they would find shelter and food to make it through these, this season. Lord, we pray for those who have experienced loss and are grieving. We ask for your grace and your healing touch to be upon all of them. We pray for those who are struggling financially and may have overspent for the holidays. That you would provide relief and that you would provide peace in the midst of whatever storms we are facing. By the power of your grace, transform us more and more until we become beautiful reflections of your presence and likeness in all that we do and are, as we offer all that we are and have to you in the name and spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: The king of my heart Be the shadow where I hide The ransom for my life Only is my soul
2: God is good All the time And all the time God is good Go into this week knowing that we have a gracious and good God that wants only good for you. May God invade your life and you see him in a new and wonderful way this week. In the name of the Father and of the Son.
0: This is Binu Penial. You are listening to Kevinomic, a listener-supported podcast bringing to you weekly positive, innovative, motivational leadership conversation. This is...